0: Welcome to the Making Headway Podcast, a podcast for brain injury survivors by
1: brain injury survivors, providing resources and camaraderie for anyone recovering from any type of brain injury. Welcome back everyone to Making Headway Podcast. This is Erin, and today I am speaking with Melissa Biscardi. She is a nurse and manual osteopath from the Rehab Lab in Ontario, Canada. Um, she has a story that has gotten her to this point and being a strong advocate for us brain injury survivors. So we welcome her today and can't wait to hear all her perspectives on rehab and care and just being post brain injury. Welcome.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about this
1: chat. I'm very excited too. I don't, I think we met on um, Instagram And I was instantly drawn to your energy. There's something about you. You just, you kind of glow and you even glow from afar, so... I'm excited. Oh, uh, thank you so much.
0: You yeah. know, it's that's the thing about the virtual world is you love it and you hate it. It's like mm-hmm. you get to meet so many people, uh, which is amazing. You just have to try not to get caught in the rabbit hole of looking at strangers' wedding pictures and stuff like
1: that. Exactly. <laughs> and the, <laughs> the art of comparing. You got to stay away from yes. that. oh but my gosh. It's been so great for community. Um, you know, I don't know what people did before there was any type of social media must have i mean you physically had to go to support groups but it had to have been so hard for people to find community and now it's right at our fingertips
0: yeah Yeah, especially people not living in the city
1: Hmm. yeah yeah rural definitely there's just not a lot of resources um so tell me melissa how did you um come to be the rehab lab where does your story start where does the journey begin
2: so
0: Yes, it's a little bit of a windy road. I started off in nursing and a completely different area. I actually was in reproductive medicine.
2: Very different.
0: And then yes, very different. <laughs> then I met an osteopath who I thought was very cool and eventually just wanted to be like him. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be an independent practitioner, you know, a detective and, and help people get their lives back. And then a couple of years after that, I so I've had a few concussions, but very unremarkable recoveries, like the sort of the ones we hope for. Mm. But where I really empathize with brain injury survivors and draw some parallels with my own experience is around 2012. I was having a lot of sleep issues, and I started to take over the counter medication, presumably quote unquote safe right. Mm-hmm. We assume things over so the counter we assume, right right um and those little warning <laughs> labels or pamphlets we should read them. I should know as a nurse, but um <laughs> I'm a nurse too
1: we all i mean there's so much to know as I I do right
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes yes exactly and for
1: younger people they do kind of advertise that it's safer like I'm aware of geriatrics as being a bad idea but you don't really think about it when you're younger
0: when you're younger it's true and so I was taking over-the-counter sleep medications over a long period of time and then I started to lose my memory Mm. And at first it was small, but then it got worse and worse and noticeable for my age, especially, but no one would take me seriously. I went to the doctors, right? Got everything checked out, had MRIs and was told it was probably just stress,
2: Mm.
0: which a lot of people get told, right? Oh, it's just quote unquote in your head. (laughs) Right.
1: Which is I mean, and we all have stress. Like every human being encounters stress. There is no exactly. person that has none. And I think we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot when we tell patients, Oh, it's just stress, get your stress under control. That's not that's not actionable. Um we we all Absolutely. have it. Um it takes so much more than that. But anywho, bunny trail.
0: <laughs> no, I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I was just um had no idea what was going on, but I knew something was wrong. And the sort of tipping point was I was forgetting people that I knew, forgetting my patients' names, just having facial blindness where I knew I knew them, but I couldn't place them. And then the turning point or what really sort of blew my mind is when I walked into my mentor's treatment room and he was treating someone and I said, hi, I'm Melissa. Nice to meet you. And then the person said like, are you kidding me? Because I had met them many times before. Mm. So I was really trying to get answers and I wasn't getting any, it was just being blown off. Um, like, Oh, it's nothing. You're too young or it's just stress. So definitely lost in the system, but knowing something was very wrong. Mm. And then it was just serendipity that I was talking with someone and they said about sleep and they mentioned to me that there was a new study that just came out about long-term use of Benadryl and older adults and that being associated with, um, Alzheimer's or dementia, cognitive decline. Mm -hmm. So I was like, that's what's happening to me. So I went and found the study, looked into it. And then I just stopped the, the, and it was so Benadryl really it's a, and what are they called? Anticholinergic. So it's a certain type of medication. Um, also branded other under sleep ease and I stopped cold turkey and then really just had to engage in healthy lifestyle behaviors and try and get a hold of my sleep in other ways
2: Mm.
0: and so yeah that was that is the sort of experience that I feel like resonates with what I see with the patients that come to see me They've been lost in the system. Yeah. It's very difficult because it's invisible. They know that they are not feeling right. But to the outside world. Yeah. They look fine, quote unquote.
1: Yeah. And And it's actually the oh, go ahead. No, I was I was just going to agree with you that it's it's common that um when you don't understand exactly what's going on with yourself, it's hard for you to explain that to somebody else. You just know that you aren't right. And, um, you know, doctors are very pressed for time and they don't always have the time to really dig in and figure out what's going on. You know, you have 15 minutes and, um, you know, I'm realizing more and more that, you know, doctors practice medicine. They're looking for what can they do medicinally to treat you and, um, see the next patient. You know, I don't know that they went into practice thinking it was going to be like that, but in that's pretty much what we have. So how did you translate your experience into becoming an osteopath, which I do think for our listeners, we should explain what an osteopath is and how did it translate into a concussion practice?
0: Yes. So in Canada, an osteopath is a manual therapist, as opposed to in the United States where they are medical doctors with some extra training in manual therapy. So in the United States, they will prescribe medications, whereas in Canada we don't. Um, and but the philosophy of the manual portion is a real holistic approach, the body as a unit. Medication as a last resort, which is interesting mm-hmm. because in the states it's not, mm-hmm. but uh, that is the basis of my practice, and really that the body has what it needs to heal to heal itself, mm-hmm. and that me as a practitioner, I am there to facilitate that, so through definitely like extra education, educating myself. I have sort of a number of pillars of care that guide my practice. And certainly, whether it's uh, brain injury or um, another sort of complex illness, often you need multiple practitioners, but sometimes that Mm -hmm. just isn't feasible. Like most Mm -hmm. people are paying out of pocket. So Mm -hmm. I do think when practitioners are really focusing on the brain injury population, concussion population—you do need to know at least a little bit about all these pillars of care. And for me, that is there's certainly a large manual therapy
1: component. Um, when you say manual as- therapy, is that like massage? Is it mm-hmm. getting your back cracked? So
0: osteopathy is like a very gentle manual therapy, and Usually what I say, and this is a broad generalization, though, is in a chiropractic treatment, when you think of the crack, right, Mm -hmm. like um, Mm -hmm. that is the joint, like going right to the joint and adjusting it. In osteopathy, we work on the very superficial tissue first, Okay. So like the outside in and a chiropractor would be like from the inside out. Okay. In a sense. Okay. That so it's sense. very gentle and it might feel the same as a massage or something a physiotherapist might do. Um, but I would say the philosophy very much is whole body. Mm. So if someone comes in with a concussion, we are definitely still going to pay attention to what's happening at the pelvis and everything up because everything is connected. But also what is a little bit unique in osteopathy is really taking into account how things are connected to the organs. So uh, digestion, for example, or anything happening with the heart, like how is this connected with what is happening with tissue restrictions. Mm. And after a concussion, there's definitely going to be something happening at the neck just by the nature of the injury, probably something happening with the jaw. And those tissues there, it's like a super highway up there. The nerves come down and then go down through the body. So you can have something happening at the neck, like a whiplash, a lot of tissue tension, and that actually might be affecting your digestion.
1: So it's a lot of
0: detective work, which is very fun. Yeah. Um, and then another pillar is just the movement. Now we know early exercise is really key with concussion recovery, right? We used to say, oh, stay in a dark room. Now we know that is not great and can actually be like negative for recovery. But now we know, okay, we've got to get you moving even just walking around in the first couple of days. So supporting people with movement and how they should increase how much movement they do in a safe way. And that's good for the nervous system circulation.
1: Absolutely. And for your mental health, health, big time. Mm -hmm. I know I've noticed that um, it's taken me a while to get back into feeling comfortable working out. Um, You know, I'm still working with a physical therapist on that. And just being able to get out and move and especially being outside too, having that connection to movement, um, does so much, um, for my mental well Um, and my body, I mean, it, it helps with your circulation. It helps with so much, but, um, I, I, I hear you when you um, talk about, you know, the easy thing, the thing that you want to do when you get your head hit is to just lay in a dark room and not move because you feel horrible, um, but there is so much benefit to getting moving safely.
0: Absolutely. And even like you're saying, if you're moving, it's going to be great for your mental health, but it will also support your sleep, mm. right? Cause you're actually expending energy and sleep disruption is huge after a concussion as well. So just that movement portion can have such a like profound effect on recovery, and then the other pillar is sort of head eye vestibular hmm. training, so you know what is happening with the eye movements, what is happening with balance vestibular system, and then providing rehab exercises to train that and when I work with eye rehabilitation, it really is eye movements, so Some practitioners, like a neuro optometrist, you might go see and they may recommend prisms. Mm -hmm. So, different ways to get to the same result in a sense or a similar result.
1: I know for my treatment, I have prisms and I have eye movement exercises. You're both Um, right. Yeah. Because, you know, like it, it makes sense to give your brain. A break and a rest with your glasses, but then retraining your movements to not be jumping all over the place um, has been, it's not the funnest rehab to do. It makes me feel nauseous, but
0: I was going to say it usually makes you feel worse, but Mm -hmm. then eventually feel better. Yep. Kind of like weight training, right? At first, it's just terrible, and then you start to reap the rewards.
1: Right. If you or someone you know is struggling to recover after brain injury like a stroke, take a free online assessment at modusnova.com forward slash making headway to see if their robots can help boost your recovery. If you are struggling with stroke recovery, take the free online assessment at modusnova.com forward slash making headway to learn if Modus can help you recover.
0: And then nutrition. So love it when I can work collaboratively with a naturopath, but at the very least, I have um sort of like a baseline of recommendations to support healing. So that would be like we know the Western diet is basically the worst thing you can have
1: yeah. for healing. <laughs> right.
0: So if you don't want to heal, just have that. But then recommendations around what I think are the basics, but not everybody knows reducing gluten, reducing dairy, refined sugars, like takeout food, and just eating whole foods, Mm. like, quote, unquote, healthy foods, and then supplements as needed. Um, Ones that are shown in the research are like omegas, magnesium, there's some research around creatine supplementation, helping with um, the mood uh, issues that happen after concussion. So definitely integrating some of that knowledge into my care. And then if they're not working with a mental health professional, which would be preferable because it makes a huge difference. But if there's not access to that, then providing, I usually provide some Guided meditations or recommend different deep breathing exercises, so it really is a holistic approach yeah, I think if you you know if you just do one, you're just missing so much, like the it, body is a unit and complex
1: and you need it all um you know we've said Absolutely. this before it takes many tools in your toolbox to be able to treat a brain injury. Um, you know, our, the brain, brain injuries are just so unique in the fact that you're requiring your brain to give you feedback, but your brain isn't working correctly. Um, you know, i I think I've said this before, but it would be like expecting, um, your broken leg, you know, going out and playing soccer and being like, oh, that hurts. Let's not do that. You know, clearly you're not going to do that. Your leg is broken, but with your brain, yes. you don't know until you try, um, and it takes so it takes so much self awareness and minds just so much into mindset um, to be able to get better. Um, and it's definitely a journey. It's still one. You know, I know I struggle with it, and many of our listeners still do. Um,
0: yes, and sometimes the feedback doesn't come until later. Mm-hmm. So, right, like if you do a like quote unquote too much. hmm you might feel fine at the time, Mm -hmm. but then you feel it the next day. So it really is a little bit of a dance of recovery that you need to, that is a learning experience as well.
1: Yeah. What are some common, um, so I know you focus mostly on concussion, like you said, and some other chronic illnesses. Um, What are some common myths or things that people come in, you know, thinking about concussion or being told already by another provider that you're seeing not so true. Yes.
0: Well, it is just crazy to me that some people still recommend staying in a dark room. Mm. Like it's just, it's been debunked so much that I just don't understand how it's still out there, but it is. So that is the one that I would say is the most infuriating because it's actually causes harm, but people's will still come in and say, Oh, I just stayed in the dark room for a week or two. Um, so that is a huge myth that I know all us practitioners who focus on concussion care are trying to get the word out that actually rest is not best. mm mm-hmm. Um, so that is a big one.
1: What would you and suggest that, that people do instead? Um, because mm-hmm. like, is it all or nothing? Like you have to just sit in like bright light or what's the recommendation? So, especially
0: the first 48 hours you should. And it depends on, you know, if it was a motor vehicle accident, often there are other things going on mm-hmm. just because of all the forces that went through your body mm-hmm. versus, Getting up really quickly and hitting your head on the counter. Mm. So, but just generally, let's say within 48 hours, you should be resting, no work, no school. The research says less than an hour on screens Mm. for that first, I would say, few days. I forget the exact number of days, but you don't really want to be on screens because they are strobe lights firing up your brain, right? So, Try and stay away from screens, but you can be walking around the house, um, make sure to be drinking enough water, eating your healthy foods, and go to bed at your usual time. Like Try and stay on the proper sleep schedule is going to be simple, easy things to do in those first few days. So it's not like Hmm. just shake it off. It's not cocoon yourself either.
1: Right. And the sleeping one is interesting. Um, You know, I had I did not have a um, concussion, but with stroke, my brain gets so tired so easily that um, you know initially that's all I wanted to do was sleep, um, but I couldn't because I my sleep cycles were all messed up. Um, So it was really took me paying attention to what type of rest is beneficial. It doesn't have to be sleep. Um, It can be. You know, laying twenty minutes with your eyes closed—that's what I did before this call because I just needed to shut down sensations just to get yourself recentered. Uh, it could be meditation. Um, that's a great way to just recenter yourself. What other are there other things that you yeah, see I was people gonna doing? Say
0: podcasts, if tolerated, mm-hmm. in that first little bit, and then depending. Like I said, what kind of hit or how bad it was, then you have forty eight hours you can actually start to move a little bit more. okay, we call it sub symptom threshold. Ideally, you're working with a practitioner, but if not, you can go for a walk and as long as your symptom it's an arbitrary, but as long as your symptoms don't get above let's say a three out of ten, that's okay. So go for a twenty minute walk right? Get moving because the theory is the walking helps with the circulation basically and the nervous system.
1: Yep. It's going to reground you and and get blood flowing where you need it.
0: Exactly. And what we need is blood flow to the brain and we need the gunk, any inflammation from that inflammatory process to get out. Mm. And then like we said, for mental health wise, for sleep, and that increase in activity is gradual over time. And some people will definitely be able to be a little bit more aggressive with that. This The amount of symptoms you have in that first little bit with some exercise is also a predictor of what your recovery is going to look like. So mm. people who really can't tolerate that early exercise often take longer to recover.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. So, and-
0: I mean, you don't want to be that person, but if a practitioner is helping you and notices that, I feel like it helps with expectation.
1: Yes. Having someone that understands concussion and brain injury to help guide you through uh, is really crucial. And that's why I love that you have the, the different pillars and you're looking at all these things because a lot of providers only focus on one piece. Um, so you kind of can get lost in the shuffle. You know, you're confused. You had a brain injury. It's hard to keep everything straight. Um, it's nice to have someone that's skilled in being able to manage all the pieces so. Yeah, and the
0: other thing is now, like you were saying, with the online communities, mm-hmm. even if you don't have financial resources, there are a lot of accessible groups that can give you some information, mm-hmm. too, like about this sub-symptom threshold exercise to sort of get you on the road to recovery in the beginning.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what was it? We were talking myths. Okay, rest is best. Dark room, definitely not. Oh, another one is, you know, there's nothing you can do. Just wait it out, and you'll recover with time. Mm. Which is like total
1: crap. Yeah, that doesn't work, <laughs>
0: right? Like it's not like you just break your arm and you're like, oh well, I'll I'm just gonna let get it, it heal. Yeah, you could, you could do that, but it probably it's not going to heal correctly. Heal yeah, yeah, and it won't be as efficient, and. So that's just totally not true. We know that certain things help to accelerate recovery. So as much as you can, leveraging those. And some of them are definitely easier and more accessible than others. But diet changes, you can start to implement those within your budget. Or even just, am I getting enough water? Because mm-hmm. if I'm not, I'm going to be dehydrated, which will give symptoms of a concussion, right? Like dehydration makes you have headaches, makes you irritable. So sometimes a few simple things can really just uh, support the recovery as well.
1: Absolutely. You know, I think it's easy to forget that water is so beneficial to us and that we really need to be hydrating frequently throughout the day. Is there any type of um, intake requirements that you like to tell people? Should we be measuring or? I
0: usually use the pea color as a measure. Okay. Right. So our pea should be like a clear yellow, basically. Um, And the darker it is, the less hydrated we are. Mm. I figure that is true. And also easier than, okay, eight glasses or six glasses. So just keeping an eye on your pea colors is easy, easy enough. Yeah, good advice. And sometimes if, um, so one sort of clinical pearl um, is that... You can put a pinch of sea salt in your water, like Himalayan or Celtic sea salt. Just a pinch. You should not taste it, um, and it kind of tricks your body so that you hold the water a little bit more.
1: Ah, okay. that's
0: good for migraine patients, headache patients as well.
1: I'll have to try that one. I am a migraineur mm-hmm. myself.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I I used to have a patient who would put the salt like right under her tongue. Wow. Okay. She felt the migraine coming on. Okay just to open like open the blood the blood vessels basically because your body is thinking oh salt concentration is up i better balance Drawing that fluids
1: yeah mm-hmm. okay okay do you have any other um myths or things that you're commonly telling your patients for concussion. Yes. (laughs) What Um. irks you, Melissa? What irks you? (laughs) Um,
0: I don't know if it's a myth, but it's definitely something to avoid. And it is uh, that you can push through it. um, Mm. Because you can't, in a sense, right? Yeah. Or like, I'm just going to work. Or so what we see is type A personality typically takes longer to recover. Because and the theory is because you can't control it,
2: mm. right? Mm-hmm. You,
0: like you have mm-hmm. to, what's the word? Um, not concede, but like give in to the recovery process, which is a roller coaster. Yep. Right. So you, while well, we want you to work at your recovery only to a certain extent. Like you can't, oh, I'm going to do 20 sets of eye exercises because it's, it'll get my eyes better faster. Right. But with a concussion, it's actually not like that.
1: Right. And I find that- It is like a dance. It is like a dance. And you really have to be so Um, self-aware. And that gets hard. I'm a type A. uh, So my default is to just push through and to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and and I'll get it done if I just work hard enough. But that does not work um, with brain injury at all. Maybe I can get through a day that way, but every time I start picking that up, then the headaches come back. Uh, I feel more anxious. I might feel more depressed. Um, You know, you get all these symptoms and warning signs that, hey, you're hitting your threshold. It's time to take a step back to what can you take off your plate? What can you shave off? Um, How can you do it differently? And it's a constant, it's a constant stru I mean it's a struggle for me. I'm sure some have it down to an art and a science, but it's it's constantly looking for what how do you feel? What contributed to that? What can you adjust?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree.
1: Um,
0: um what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, another myth is like three concussions and then you have to quit your sport or something mm-hmm. like that. Okay but there is no magic number for some one is enough, right? Mm-hmm. like one, and you
1: not gonna do it maybe again. It's
0: not a great idea for you to get out there again. You know, if you're a pro athlete you've you're definitely working with a different number, so mm-hmm. it's more about are you getting them easier? like I'm talking more in mm-hmm. the context of sport are are you sustaining the concussions more easily? Are your recoveries more complicated, so really taking an overall look at what's happening versus saying, okay, it's three for everybody. Mm. That's the thing about concussion, right? Every concussion is different. There are similarities, but we all come with a different history, right? Different experiences. And even if we get another concussion, the second one is different from the first because we lived through the first and everything since then. Mm -hmm. So I think from the practitioner standpoint, like it's so important to really take that into account. Um, Just how unique every patient is and a really compassionate approach, which is where I think I shine. Mm. And, you know, I'd like to think all practitioners are like that. But of course, we get burnt out or, or you don't have time other things happen. Yeah, or they're, you know, your appointments are only 15 minutes. So,
1: You're trying to cram in so much into one visit mm-hmm. that you kind of lose the, the, compa- not the compassion. You can still be compassionate in that visit, but to really get into depth of, okay, so you're having these symptoms now, what has changed recently? What, um you know, really getting down into the nitty gritty of what could be behind it and what you could do besides pop a pill that could help. Yes. Um, that takes a lot of time takes a lot of coaching. Um, Absolutely. it takes multiple sessions too. It's not just, you see your doctor once every other month. So I, I yeah, suspect it, your it practice takes, is different. You They must yes. go more frequently.
0: Yeah. So usually in the beginning I see people weekly and then it gets spread out a little bit, but I mean, that's an access to care thing as well. Mm. Although I do have people who drive from, like, bless them, but they get driven from two hours away. Um, So, but there is the financial piece. Not everyone has extended benefits. So that's why I think these online communities are great. I know it's not great to be on the screens, but just to have access to care, that might be at a little bit of a different price point.
1: Mm. Absolutely. And is that what your app is all about? I know you have an app.
0: Oh, so actually, I forgot about my app. (laughs) Um, My app, it's called Brain Toolkit, and it's for Android or uh, Apple. And it can be used for eye movement exercises, different cognitive exercises, like memory, concentration, word recall. And you can use it on your own, like in the app, beside each little activity, there is like a description where to start. But then if you really want to leverage it, I would recommend working with a practitioner, uh, just to give you like more sophisticated ways to use the app. But, um, that's my little baby.
1: (laughs) So it's like a little, uh, rehab app. Um, exactly. It gives you that guidance and has it all right there so that you don't like right now, I know I get given pieces of paper that have different Activities on it that I need to do, and the papers get to be very numerous.
0: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Or like dots, putting dots all over the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one activity where it's just a random letter that shows up. So sometimes I will have patients, okay, say a word that starts with that letter, but then you can layer the complexity. So doing that standing is different than doing that sitting. Mm. doing it standing on one leg is different and then another layer of complexity is you can say okay only things on a farm okay so you can or like a category yeah so you can take the the activity and really progress with it which is kind of neat
1: that's very cool is this something that is just yours or something you do in collaboration with another group
0: it's actually just mine and it's cool. that my brother who is a little genius, he mm-hmm. <laughs> coded it for Android and then I had someone else do it for Apple. Nice. But basically I took ideas from different places and what did I need for my patients and wanted it to be accessible. I think it's like $8 mm-hmm. and other apps in this field are a lot more. Nice. So I thought, okay, financially accessible And I wanted it for Android and Apple Mm -hmm. because often they're just for one. Mm -hmm. So that's not great. And then it has gone through a few revisions. I have practitioners send me ideas all the time and I'm very open to feedback because that just makes a better product that's helpful for more people.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. I love the idea of um, leveraging technology because like you said, it can be very challenging if you don't live in a city. There aren't as many resources and after brain injury, you can't drive. A lot of us um, have trouble with that. So it really requires some creative out of the box thinking and we have all this technology, so why not use it? Why not use it? Absolutely. Nice. Are you finding it hard to recover at home after a stroke? Modus Nova makes robotic devices to help folks with a brain injury regain the use of their affected limbs. Recovery after stroke takes thousands of hours of work that isn't all covered in outpatient therapy. Whether you're 10 days or 10 years post-stroke, recovery is still possible. You just need many hours of rehab to make that happen. The Modus hand or foot are AI-powered robotic exoskeletons that help users do exercises through the playing of video games, similar to the way an occupational or physical therapist might work with your limb. Recovery after stroke is hard because stroke survivors don't get enough hours of rehab to regain function. Find out if Modus Nova can help you by taking their free online assessment at modusnova.com slash making headway. Modus Nova helps survivors with little or no movement get moving again. They help you get in the repetitions you need to form new neural pathways. Through playing video games, the robotic hand and foot can assist with limb movements to provide a personalized exercise experience. If this sounds like something you want to try, Visit modusnova.com slash makingheadway to learn more. Make sure to use special code MAKINGHEADWAY when you sign up and get a month free with the 30-day challenge. Visit modusnova.com slash makingheadway to get started. That's M-O-T-U-S-N-O-V-A dot com slash makingheadway
0: the website for the app is what braintoolkit.ca but it um what would you call it it describes different activities with little videos so it's just i feel like it's a good resource just on its own the
1: website nice which obviously you can access for free <laughs> and that's braintoolkit.ca .ca perfect um i i i Want to go back? Um, You mentioned that having a mental health practitioner is so important, and I just I think that takes a little bit of I think that should take a little bit more time in our conversation. Uh, I I know for myself there I don't know what I would do without having my biweekly therapy or sometimes weekly therapy because you need it really helps to have that other person to be able to bounce what's going around that safe space where you can just put everything out there and help to reorganize it. Cause our brains can get easily cluttered, anybody brain injury or not.
0: Yes. I honestly, I would like to make it mandatory for my mm. patients because it makes such a difference. Um, but absolutely. It, it is a trauma that happens and having to process that is very complex, and then, like I said, and we're coming to the trauma with however many years of life mm-hmm. and how we've experienced different traumas in the past, big or small, mm-hmm. right so oh, it can just be so valuable and I've seen with my patients ones that were not seeing a, um a mental health professional and then started to and it just it makes my job way more effective. Mm -hmm.
2: Like
0: we can move so much quicker in the rehab. The nervous system is not quite as like
1: sensitized. That's yeah. When you're, when, when you're struggling with any type of trauma, um, my experience anyway, is that, you know, you kind of go into that fight or flight space with your autonomic nervous Mm -hmm. system and you can't, you can't think creatively, you can't problem solve. When you're always running away from a tiger. So, really trying to soothe that down, uh, definitely rehab activities, grounding, um, movement, that helps. But you also need to understand what's behind it. Uh, I've found myself falling into um, trauma feedback loops. It's like trauma begets trauma begets trauma. And without interrupting that cycle, you can really kind of spiral and get depressed um, or anxious.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yes. The anxiety piece and depression piece, I feel like is huge. And also a driver of symptoms, Mm. right? Like that when the brain is so uh, heightened or the the nervous system is so sensitized, a little sound, the brain is going to react. Mm-hmm. Right. Or a small pain, the brain. Oh, yeah. I call the brain like the the great amplifier. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because I had a patient who came in with like a little bit of chest pain. (laughs) Nothing. Alarming. Mm -hmm. And then a different practitioner said, oh, my God, you need to get checked out. You might be having a heart attack. Mm. So, (laughs) So her pain went up. Her pain went up, it started to go in other places, and then, as soon as she got tested and was cleared, it went away. mhm she you know mm-hmm. her pain that was lasting for a week and a half, mm-hmm. and it was literally that stress response
1: yeah yeah and and we need you know a lot of times you need that validation that you know physiologically you are safe you're okay. that you're okay, mm-hmm. and then you can progress on with whatever treatment that you need. Um, absolutely. Yeah.
0: I think it's important to know that your brain is so powerful that it can amplify things. Mm. Like, I, I feel like it's comforting to know that in a sense, um, like nausea, for example, if you're feeling nausea, but your brain is, gets nervous. Like why, why am I having nausea? And the nausea is amplified. Right. Or headache. Why am I having this headache? The headache is amplified. So either that mental health professional or your grounding, your meditation, mindfulness techniques, just having a little handful of those handy is so good.
1: Yeah. That's that's how I have to do it too, is I have my little toolbox when I feel like Um, it's almost like you have, uh, when you're anxious, you have like this little negative Nancy talking in your head and you have all these little voices like saying, yes, I do too. (laughs) Like all these little voices just saying like, you're no good or stop or, um, you know, it just makes you feel bad. And it took me a long time to realize that I have control over that just because I start hearing that doesn't mean I need to follow that. You have control over your emotions, um, but it's taken a lot of therapy for me to help figure that out that, that was even occurring. And medications yeah, sometimes help too.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like sometimes you need a medication, mm-hmm. right? And that's what they're there for.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I was going to say, like absolutely reinforcing what you're saying, that it takes time. You literally have to retrain your brain and to to... to to reframe things, to, uh, to have that, uh, positive sort of self-talk and no one is perfect. Mm -hmm. Right. But just making that positive self-talk, the, uh, more common Mm self-talk versus, oh gosh, I'm still not better. This is taking so long more like, oh my gosh, I'm so much better than I was. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's how you you frame things can, can be huge. I do a lot of that in my practice, actually reframing, having people report their wins of the week or of the day, things that we don't do enough of, like all of us, like, what was your win of the day? Yeah, we should do that every single day.
1: (laughs) Well, you get what you focus on. So if you're focusing on negativity, you're just going to get more negativity. But if you focus Mm -hmm. on those periods, and even if they're small, um, they add up to big things. Absolutely. So another thing, you
0: know, um, oh, go Rome ahead. wasn't built in one day.
1: <laughs> exactly. It is a process. <laughs> um, my husband reminds me of that. Um, Joe Borges likes to say it's a process a lot, all the time. Um, yes. It, and you have to enjoy, you have to enjoy where you are on that and not rush it. Um, recovery does take time and- you, you, you learn over time and you get more tools in your toolbox and you figure out when you can use them and when they're needed. Um, I did want to ask you, um, because you are coming from a place of being misunderstood in the medical community, how do you have any insights or any wisdom to patients needing to advocate for themselves? I get that commonly on Instagram. Like, what do you do to have people hear you?
0: Yeah, that's a good question, especially because I was misunderstood and a healthcare professional, Mm -hmm. right? So I had access that not everyone has in a sense. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You know, I really think you need to find a clinician that specializes, like if you know you've had a head injury,
2: Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm.
0: Because And, you know, this might ruffle some feathers, but just because you're treating someone with a concussion doesn't mean you're treating concussion, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: right? Like you can go to whatever, massage therapist, when you have a concussion, that doesn't mean they're treating your concussion. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? So you need, because they're just going from one pillar. Right.
1: Right. You need that so multi pronged If approach. you
0: work with someone who is more familiar with it, they know you're suffering with an invisible injury. At least in my world, they will be advocating for you. Right. So, a concussion, someone who's, or not, whether it's concussion, stroke, like whatever your injury is, someone who is passionate. Focuses on that area of care and can help you advocate for yourself
1: absolutely. How do people find you, Melissa? If so they wanted to reach out. I know you treat patients Instagram. in Canada, okay, and in yeah, Canada. So
0: I can treat in person or virtually and I'm, my website is rehablab.ca, but I post pretty frequently on Instagram, which is the.rehab.lab. And always happy to try and connect people with clinicians in their area. So if you're feeling lost um, and you want to be connected with a clinician, feel free to reach out. And then I'll definitely let you know if I know someone closer to you. Um those are my main
1: places. That's awesome. Um, I, I really appreciate you coming on. And I, I want to give you a chance before we wrap up, if there's anything else that you wanted to touch on, just to make sure we've covered all the bases.
0: I think we did. I, um, one thing I just want to say, like, really focus on how far you've come instead of how far you have to go. And I feel like that is with everything in life. We're always looking at the next, right? Like you just finished whatever your diploma or your workshop and you're ready on to the next. You reach these eye exercises. You're already thinking about the next, but celebrate your win. Okay. I've gotten rid of my nausea Mm -hmm. and, and enjoy that moment. Like you've achieved something and then you can move forward. But I feel like we don't celebrate our achievements or recovery enough along the way.
1: You are so right. We're always looking to the future or living in the past even. Mm -hmm. Um, What should I have done? What could I do? Um, Rather than I did this. And just being, yeah, just being so loving to yourself. Um, You're going through, we're going through rough times. And every day that you're getting up, you've accomplished something.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you. That.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Melissa. Um I really hope the listeners um if you do have any questions, please take Melissa up on her offer and reach out to her on Instagram or through her website. Um also the Brain Toolkit app, I have not personally experienced it, but just hearing about it is very exciting. Um it really gets the resources into everyone's hands. So do um, go to braintoolkit.ca to look into that for your Android or your Apple. And um, again, thank you so much, Melissa, for coming on today. I'm so happy we connected.
0: Me too. Thank you. This was so fun. And I um, I look forward to hopefully hearing from some of the listeners.
1: Awesome. So um, this is a good way to wrap it up. This is Aaron signing out for Making Headway Podcast. See you next time. Hi, everyone. Making Headway Podcast is just a side project that I love. It's given me a lot of community, along with giving you guys community as well. And I really thank you for supporting me. If you'd like to do something extra, we would really appreciate it. There's a few ways you could help us out. Rate us on your favorite podcasting platform. Share us with friends, family, or anyone that you think might want to listen Also, clicking on the links in our show notes for Amazon gives us just a small kickback, just enough to help pay those bills. If you wanted to do something more, which we would really appreciate, you can donate at www.makingheadwaypodcast.com. Lastly, we have a Patreon account as well. That's found at www.patreon.com slash making headway podcast. Anything you can do to support us really helps us out. Thank you so much. We really love you listeners. Bye.
0: Thanks for joining us on the making headway podcast. For more information and show notes, visit makingheadwaypodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review. Check us out at making headway podcast on Facebook and Instagram and share with your friends. Catch you next time. All topics are intended to be used for educational and entertainment purposes only. The podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare provider for any issues or treatment considerations you may have. For our full legal terms, please see our website at makingheadwaypodcast.com. This podcast was recorded, mixed, and
2: mastered with love at stoutheart Studios. Sunrises across the ocean.